in the last couple of years, we've seen a, almost a doubling in our membership. We always try to balance, you know, we, building trailheads and parking lots and things like that for, for people that, that do need them, but also not building them everywhere. These green spaces, they're not just an amenity, you know, they're a necessity for people. Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. It's safe to say that many of us have new appreciation for our parks and green spaces during this pandemic. Parks that have seen a surge of foot traffic in the last year include Tower Grove Park, that's here in the city of St. Louis. Great Rivers Greenway and its 128 miles and counting network of green spaces and trails throughout the region have also seen a big increase in use. So in some ways, that surge of use is great news. But our new COVID-19 lifestyles have also brought some complications for the people who manage these park systems. And they join us today to talk about it. So our first guest is Emma Clues. She's the Vice President of Communications and Outreach for Great Rivers Greenway. Emma, welcome. Thank you for having me. And we're also joined today by Bill Reininger. He's the Executive Director of Tower Grove Park. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. So, Bill, let's start with you. What kind of increase in use has Tower Grove Park seen over the course of this pandemic? Quite a bit, actually. Uh, We're seeing Saturday event crowds during the middle of the week Hmm. uh, with people staying at home and uh, not feeling comfortable being indoors. They're going to the great outdoors where they can socially distance and get some fresh air. When you say Saturday event crowds, how is that different from, say, a Monday pre-pandemic? Is is that a large swing in the amount of use? It is. If you uh, think about a normal Saturday, people are off work. We have farmer's market going, usually several walk runs or uh, those type of events. And during the week, uh, we have constant use, but you know most fo- folks were typically at work. Mm-hmm. Now that they're at home, we're seeing all those folks taking a break. Their families are coming in, taking a break from homeschooling and utilizing the park to be outside. Mm-hmm. Now, Emma, you manage a much less compact area. Have you seen something similar? We have. We've seen about a 72% increase in visits to the Greenways. So we're almost at about 3 million visits uh, in 2020 so far. Wow. So that seems like a big increase there, too. Are there complications that come with that? We have heard from folks that, you know, as people that are maybe discovering the greenways that they haven't used before, some of them are also still learning how to share those spaces. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we've got people walking, running, biking, rollerblading, wheelchair, stroller. And so we do, you know, have continued campaigns and signage to help encourage people to communicate and, you know, give people ample space when they're passing, that type of thing. Share those spaces. That's such a a diplomatic way of referring to this problem that I I know we've all seen on trails. And I imagine the stakes are increased at this point. You know, before, if somebody was kind of in your space when you were running, it was an annoyance. Now people are genuinely worried that this person could be breathing all over them. Right. There's that element of it. And I know a lot of folks are opting to wear masks just so they don't have to, you know, be as concerned about that accidental, you know, getting within six feet of someone. And people are generally learning those types of rules of, you know, keeping your dog leashed and close, those types of things so that you're just aware of the space around you and and the way people need to navigate around each other. Bill, overall, do you think the users of Tower Grove Park have that figured figured out? Are people being pretty respectful of each other's spaces? They are. Everybody's happy to have some place to go and they want to make sure that uh, they have that op- continue to have that opportunity 
So they're being respectful to others and and likewise. Hmm. Well, we asked our listeners on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page, as well as our Twitter, if the pandemic had changed how they use these green spaces. And, and we got an earful. I think it speaks to the kind of patterns that both of you are seeing. People are just so grateful for parks right now. Uh, Marianne writes on our Facebook page, nearby Forest Park has made this period of confinement tolerable for me. I'm grateful. Becca writes, we met my family on the Katy Trail Saturday, and all the trailhead parking lots were so full. We did this instead of an in-person food consumption on Thanksgiving. The trail was very busy this weekend. Uh, Jonathan also told us on Twitter, the greenways are one of my favorite aspects of living in St. Louis. The fact that I can get from Carondelet Park to Grants Farm and beyond safely on my bike is just amazing. Emma, it, it is starting to get colder lately. Do you have a sense of whether that's affecting how many people are using um, your greenways? You know, I think people really do use these 365 days a year. Certainly some folks will opt, you know, there are surges when there are nice weather days, but here in St. Louis, we could really have those throughout the year. So we will probably see a little bit of fluctuation as we get into the colder weather, but um, still have those really popular days where, you know, it's a little bit warmer out and, and people come flocking. Hmm. Uh, Bill, I'm wondering if you've noticed at Tower Grove Park that when it gets to a certain level of cold, there's maybe not as much bicycling. People might still walk or they might run, but they don't necessarily want that wind whipping their hair. Yeah, the cycling may slow down a little bit, but the other activities continue. You know, everybody still needs to walk their dog. No matter, <laughs> no matter the weather. <laughs> Come hell and, or snow. <laughs> yep. And, you know, a lot of folks, no matter what the weather, they're going to go out there and run, train, and, and get that physical exercise. Well, if you're listening to our conversation today, we're talking to Bill Reininger. He's the executive director of Tower Grove Park. And we're also joined by Emma Clues, the vice president of communication and outreach for Great Rivers Greenway. Um, we're curious to hear from you. Has 2020 changed how you use the green space in your community? How so, if so? Or maybe you've got a good tip for continuing to get outside, even as it's getting colder. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, we've been talking a lot about the good news, and the good news is that our parks have continued to be there for us, even with everything going on and, and all the other activities that are closed to us or should be closed to us. But I know there's also a flip side to all this good news, and that's the fact that um, revenue is affected by this. Bill, I understand that during that initial shutdown last spring, Tower Grove Park lost out on about $130,000 of earned revenue. That's a lot of money. What caused that? Uh, just the fact that we had to cancel all of our walk runs, the weddings that occur in the park, the picnic rentals, sports activities. So we basically turned off any earned revenue coming into the park at mm -hmm. that point because of restrictions. So how big a hole did that leave in your budget? Uh, as you mentioned, the 130000 in the spring, and then uh, from July until this point, probably close to 46000 On top uh, of been, that? Yeah, okay. on top of that. So we're, uh, you know, we're close to 200000 uh, this calendar year, which is obviously impactful. Mm -hmm. uh, we are very blessed that the community has been very generous uh, to help us fill that gap. Uh, through membership and donations. Uh, we had a foundation give us a, a challenge grant in the spring, uh, which helped us not only their gift of 50000 but 
the response was about 60,000. So that really helped us out. Hmm. So we're, you know, all the philanthropic support has not quite covered the gap of earned revenue, but has really, really helped out quite a bit. Okay. So you don't have a huge gap, but as you say, that gap is still there. Correct. So what will that mean? Um, obviously, you don't want to just, you know, lock the doors to the park and say, we can't, we can't afford to maintain this, this amenity anymore. I'm sure nobody would want that. Um, will you have to potentially cut staff or, or cut some uh, amenities? Uh, luckily, right now, we have not had to cut any uh, of our team members, but we've had to do little things like the seed. Uh, we didn't purchase grass seed to overdo the, to overseed the ball fields this year. Mm. We cut back on the number of tulips that we planted. So there's there's little things that we've been able to tweak, but obviously, uh, you know, we're we're hoping that this ends quickly so that we can start to get our folks back into the park and enjoying it at our venues. Hmm. And I'm wondering how Great Rivers Greenway is doing on the financial end of things. Do you guys have a similar revenue model where you're bringing in things? I, I don't know that I've seen anybody get married on the Greenway, but one never knows. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not aware of any Greenway weddings, although we would certainly welcome that. Uh, not specifically on the Greenways, but many of the parks that they connect. So we are funded by a sales tax that the voters chose to create in the year 2000. So we're just turning 20 this year. And so our sales tax um, does not include online sales or groceries, which are, you know, the top two things people have been purchasing this year. Mm -hmm. um, so we did see a little bit of a decline in revenues on our end as well. Um, we've been able to maintain our staff. We have slowed down a few projects here and there because um, we largely need to slow them down, a couple of them anyway, to be able to, you know, make sure that we're still being driven by community input. Mm -hmm. And community engagement has been a little bit of a challenge with the inability to gather. Um, so we're still making progress on all of our projects, but we are just trying to right size the pace of them due to revenues and the ability for us to communicate and hear from residents. Yeah. And you mentioned there was a little bit of a decline in sales tax revenue. I, I can't imagine that's going to correct itself immediately. It seems like things are, are still slower than they would have been outside the pandemic. Are you worried that this could get even worse as, as these months drag on? Yeah, I think it's hard to know for now. We've been monitoring it closely, as you can imagine. Um, sales have been, you know, had some bright spots. I think more people are purchasing RVs and, and certain other amenities in our region to be able to cope with the pandemic. So, hmm. um, you know, that's just one guess of ours as to as to some of those stabilizing factors. So we'll continue to, to watch for that. But it certainly is not going away anytime soon. We got an email from our listener, Laura. She writes, I have worked from home and avoided indoor public spaces as much as possible during the pandemic. I have managed to keep sane by walking in Tower Grove Park, which is near my home, almost every day. I've always enjoyed the park, but this year it has become very important to my physical and mental health. I have become a proud member of the park. Bill, are you hearing that from people, that maybe they weren't members before this, but now they have an added appreciation for this thing that they always kind of loved, but, but maybe did take for granted in some ways? Uh, quite a bit in the last couple of years, we've seen a almost a doubling in our membership mm. as people really, especially this spring, start to realize that these green spaces, they're not just an amenity, you know, they're a necessity for people. And they're responding to that recognition through membership and through donations. And it sounds like you guys would be in a pretty bad place if not for that. That, that has really made a big difference for you. Uh, very, very true. 
My guests today are Bill Reininger. He's the executive director of Tower Grove Park. Uh, we're also joined by Emma Clues of the Great Rivers Greenway. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation about our local park spaces, how we can help them, and how they're doing in this pandemic. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. And now back to our conversation. We're talking about the increase in park use and some of the challenges facing our local green spaces during this pandemic. We have two very knowledgeable guests with us today. Emma Clues is the Vice President of Communications and Outreach for the Great Rivers Greenway. And Bill Reininger is the Executive Director of Tower Grove Park. Bill, I did want to ask you about something. You closed the park to car traffic for a time. People seem to really love that. Am I reading that rightly? What kind of reaction did you get to that move? Uh, for the most part, very, very, very positive. Folks really appreciated the opportunity to spread out uh, in order to keep that six foot distance. Uh, so they were really utilizing the roadways in order to do that. Hmm. Uh, we've been doing that uh, for one week a month since July. So we had it completely shut down to all vehicular traffic in the spring. Uh, we needed to open it up to give access to some of our venues once those opened back up. Mm -hmm. And now we're giving that opportunity once, once a month for a week from Monday through Thursday, closing the Eastern half to still allow folks that extra space and is there some confusion with trying to do it one week, one week a month? It seems like that's a great sort of compromise where you can balance the need for people to have vehicular access at the same time um, you're giving walkers this this thing. But then you kind of have to keep track of what day it is. Do you find people are, are doing a good job of that? They are. And luckily, social media really helps uh, push that message and remind people when it's when it's open and when it's closed. Hmm. Emma, I'm intrigued by this this balance between, let's face it, this is St. Louis. Most people, even if they're going to a park, they're driving to a park. They're not necessarily walking. So there's this need to make the green spaces that you manage accessible to drivers, but then people also want to have car-free spaces. Are there challenges in that on your end at the, the Great Rivers Greenway? There are. We think about that a lot. Actually, a part of the reason that we want to connect the whole region with the greenways is so that people can get out and get that exercise and connect around town without having to drive to one of those spaces, you know, whether they're... Uh, Emma, your connection... Emma, your connection was sounding so great, and all of a sudden there, it just did not sound so great. And this is what happens in the pandemic. We're going to call you right back. We're going to get you on a phone line so we can um, get the answer to that question. Um, it's it's fascinating how at one moment it sounds like Emma's right in the room with me, and the next moment that call is just lost. Bill, you you still sound good, though. That, uh, that challenge of balancing things, that's something that um, the park has, has historically found a pretty good way to deal with. I mean, this is this is a park a lot of people walk to. It is. The neighborhoods use it quite a bit. Uh, you know, we're blessed of being around for 150 years, so folks know how to get to us and how to use us quite a bit. I understand Emma is back uh, with us. Emma, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. That sounds much better. Um, so, oh, good. So, yeah, you were talking about the balance of, of trying to manage our, our reliance on cars uh, with our desire not to necessarily have them in our green spaces. This is part of the whole idea here, you're saying, is, is connect these green spaces to each other. 
Exactly right. We really want people, so we are building greenways to connect the whole region, St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and St. Charles County. And eventually, we really want folks to feel connected wherever they are so that they don't have to necessarily use a car to get out. They might use transit, they might use the greenways, maybe a combo of uh, multiple different modes of transportation. And um, we always try to balance, you know, we building trailheads and parking lots and things like that for for people that that do need them, but also not building them everywhere because eventually the greenways will connect together. Hmm. Do you think about that as well when it comes to access for people who might be disabled or um, may not be able to hike or walk as far? Is that also part of what you need to serve with with having parking lots there? Absolutely. Both parking lots, but also those connections to um, public transit, to, you know, sort of entry and exit points along the greenways that connect to other roadways. You know, folks that are of all abilities are using all kinds of different ways to, to travel. So we want to make sure that we're as accessible to everyone as possible. Hmm. Bill, I heard from a, a very vocal uh, but perhaps minority group of people who wanted to keep Tower Grove Park closed to, to cars permanently. Is that something you ever would seriously entertain? We just recently did a survey talking about road closures. Uh, we're really trying to find that balance. Uh, we need for folks to be able to to utilize the venues, whether it be sports, the picnic sites, the Piper Palm House. So we need to have people have access to those and every folks of all abilities. So they need to be able to drive to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're trying to make sure that when possible, we can give more foot traffic the opportunity to utilize more of the park. So it's it's really a balance act because we depend upon those earned revenues in order to maintain the park. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is a balancing act. And did the survey come in? Were people all over the map or was there a clear consensus of your users of what direction they want? Uh, preliminary results are showing about 75% of folks are really happy with the once a week or once a month closures hmm. and want to see that continue next calendar year. Boy, that's great. Anytime you can get 75% of people being happy, you've got to feel pretty satisfied <laughs> you guys chose the right route right there. <laughs> yep. So, okay, speaking of surveys, Emma, that's actually a perfect segue. I'm sure you knew I was going to come to you next because this is a strategic planning year for Great Rivers Greenway. You guys actually have a big survey you want to make folks aware of. Um, People can find this at greenwayplan.org. Tell us what what you're trying to figure out through this. Yeah, every five years we update our strategic plan, and it's really important that that is guided by the voices of community members. So that's happening right now. It's open now, and it's through January 15th. Um, so we'd really appreciate people's time and, and uh, attention to be able to help guide you know, their sales tax dollars at work in, in the form of questions about the future of greenways, how and where we should build new projects, and also taking care of these long-term, the operations and maintenance um, is a partnership and collaboration with all the different municipalities and, and partners in our region. So we're exploring other models and ways to supplement that as well. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Like, what are some of these models that you're looking at or, or supplements? Yeah, just noting that there are so many different partners in our region. We want to make sure that people have an excellent experience no matter where they are and that it can be consistent across the region. So we're researching best practices from other cities and also asking our local community what they think. Some examples are, you know, maybe an adopted greenway program where a neighborhood or a corporation could um, take on, you know, picking up trash or, or doing some light weeding along their section of the greenway that's near them. 
there might be an opportunity for some of the partners to work together to create a regional workforce of, of folks who are trained to help take care of the greenways. Um, and that would be able to supplement all of the different partners taking care of different segments around the region things like that that we're asking folks to, to give us their reactions to. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. That that makes me think about um, over at Tower Grove Park, it's interesting just how much private funding goes into our park system. Um, you know, Tower Grove Park is a public park, but it's not um, 100% tax dollars maintaining it. There's also a, a large uh, private component of that. Bill, this feels different than some of the other cities I've lived in in, in how we do this. I know Forest Park is the same way. Is there a historic reason that, that St. Louis has traditionally relied on these these private partners? I think it's becoming more and more common practice hmm. uh, throughout the country as people realize how valuable these green spaces are, but also understand that the local governments are under so much pressure economically with so many different things that need to happen that this type of funding, these types of partnerships are becoming more and more common. Hmm. Do you think having that mix of funding, does that make you better or worse positioned when we're in sort of a time of upheaval like like this pandemic has, has caused? So far for us, it's, it's seemed to be a benefit. Uh, as the tax dollars went down, uh, we've been able to utilize the philanthropic community and, you know, all of the great folks who are members supporting us. So it's really helped balance that out to where if we were only tax dollars, I think we would be hit uh, much harder this year. Hmm. But because we have that philanthropic side of our organization, that has really helped carry us through this. Hmm. Well, that's good to hear. Emma, overall, do you think our regional funding of these green spaces is sufficient? Um, you know, given the current usage, do you think we need to rethink how much we're allocating and maybe chip in more for parks? It's a great question. We do also have a 501c3 foundation to support the tax dollars. And we, uh, similarly to Tower Grove Park and others, you know, have that public-private partnership model in place. Um, to me, there is no wrong answer for where some of that funding and support can come from. There, You know, it's probably going to be a mix of um, taking all of us to, to pull this off. So we're really trying to explore all of those different options. You know, sometimes we apply for federal grants and try to leverage um, funding, you know, that we have here locally and having local donors and supporters is hugely helpful for our projects as well. Hmm. Well, Emma, I would be remiss if I didn't circle back to something you, you mentioned very fleetingly, and that is that this is a big uh, milestone year for Great Rivers Greenway. I understand it's been 20 years since the vote that created the agency in the first place. Are there plans to celebrate beyond this survey? You, there's got to be something more exciting than just a survey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we do love we do love hearing from the community. That is a celebration <laughs> for us. But we are, you know, originally before COVID, we were trying to come up with a community event of some kind. But obviously, with our inability to gather, this will be digital for now. Um, we have been creating some videos and posting some content on our social media and website. Um, and we really have been hearing lots of great feedback from people who are using the Greenways about how much that means to us. And that's that's the most important thing for us is to to hear from folks and to have, you know, new volunteers or new people who might want to collaborate. Um, we look forward to someday when we can gather again, uh, getting back to our normal events and programs and can 
celebrate in a different way then. Okay. So in the meantime, if you want to take that survey, as you can tell from what Emma said, that's going to make them really happy if people take that survey. This is <laughs> this is something to celebrate. That's at greenwayplan.org. Um, Emma, what do you think is the most important thing for people who love our green spaces? What is the most important thing for them to, to be thinking about or for them to know um, at this moment that we're in right now? You know, the greenways are there for you. The people have told us that they help them with their physical health, their mental health. They are able to get outside and get some fresh air, maybe get away from the people in their house, maybe <laughs> you know, plug in because they're home alone. Um, you know, people have, have really understood the power of this amenity that's close to them and not that they hopefully don't have to go too far away to get to. Um, so, you know, from our view, we're, we're here. We are so grateful for your vote and your investment, and we'd love to hear your voices as we continue to go forward. And Bill, I'm going to give you the last word. Is there any uh, last thoughts you'd like to leave people with as it comes to Tower Grove Park and and everything you guys are doing there? I think just as just to reiterate what Emma said, you know, the park is there for the community. Uh, We've been there for 150 years and look forward to the next 150. And I think this pandemic has really showed how much the community needs the park. and it has also showed how much the community supports the park. And that is so so important going forward. It, it is a community gathering place. And you see that even in a time like this, that people are out there, they're having picnics, their picnic tables, you know, their chairs are all spaced appropriately. Uh, and people need that, uh, you know, for their mental, physical, and emotional health. They need a place to gather safely. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that so much, uh, even over the holiday weekend, the park was very, very busy, uh, people everywhere enjoying the park. And it's nice to see the, the park playing that kind of role in people's lives and helping them through the pandemic. Absolutely. And I know I personally am feeling a little bit convicted right here. I have been a Tower Grove Park freeloader. I use that park constantly. (laughs) I have not yet bought a membership. And talking to you today, this is the reminder I needed that I can't just take this park for granted anymore. So um, at least you're going to get one membership out of this conversation. Bill Reininger, Executive Director of Tower Grove Park, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. And Emma Clues, Vice President of Communications and Outreach for Great Rivers Greenway. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sarah. And again, that survey is at greenwayplan.org. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.